Hey, Fedheads, welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat, uh, broadcast around the world on Facebook and the Armed Forces Radio Network, uh, live on Facebook. I, I messed that up a little bit, but that's all right. Um, also available on YouTube or as a podcast on your favorite podcast catcher. I'm your host, Trip. here with uh, two kind of special co-hosts, because neither of them usually co-host uh, Cigar Chat anymore, with Dennis and John. Let's start with Dennis. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. Fantastic. My power went out earlier in the storm, but I got it back, so I'm pretty happy. Are you snowed in? Uh, sort of, yeah. Yeah, pretty <laughs> snowed in, but I, listen, I had plenty of beer, so I'm happy. No complaints. And then, of course, our, our special co-host, uh, John the Cigar Surgeon. John, how you doing, buddy? Good, brothers. What's what's going on? I, I hear the East Coast is uh, is getting slammed. We, we sent, unfortunately, yeah. sent some of the love your way. We didn't mean to. Um, but that was kind of what we were putting up with for like the last 10 days, just tons of snow, brutal, brutal cold. And now, you know, it's like 42 degrees out right now. Yeah. That's not terrible. I mean, no, it's not it's bad, cold, at all. but it's not I, bad. I mean, I can smoke at 42, 42 is no big deal. I mean, beer doesn't, my beer doesn't freeze in 42, so I'm good. Yeah. Until the beer's freezing, you Canadians are okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so- that's, that's when I throw it up. <laughs> so obviously we don't have a guest tonight um we're here to talk about our top 25 so we know that our not all of our podcast listeners not all of our youtube watchers um may, maybe not all of you guys read cigar federation so you don't know about our top 25 so i wanted to bring the love your way and and just kind of go over our list and talk about why we chose each cigar um and you know it's it's that time of year everybody's coming out with their top 25 list uh, the consensus should be out in a couple weeks, I think. I'm I'm, I'm sure. gonna I'm just gonna step all over you. I'm gonna throw a question out for the audience for or for you guys before we even get started here. What's your What's your guys's favorite uh, compilation or top list? Like, w- what site do you normally, other than Cigar Federation, Ooh. of course? Uh, what do you guys normally go to for your like? What do you wait for? What are you excited about? I, I'm always excited about Coop's list. Yeah. Uh, I I do wish like. I get anxious the way that he releases his list over <laughs> over 25 or 30 days. I think yep. he usually does 25, but this year he definitely did 30. Yeah. Um, I get anxious. Like after I read the first couple, I'm ready to see the entire list. Yeah. I don't want to wait. Um, so of course we're like halfway through his list. We're not going to see it for a couple more days. Um, and I believe the consensus, I, I haven't done the math, but the consensus has a cutoff date. And I'm not 100% certain that Coop's going to meet the cutoff date. I mean, well, kind of talking over, allowing Dennis to get his, but just quickly, I just I want to say, I hope that either Coop has already sent his list to mm-hmm. Half yeah. Wheel or because it'd be really a sh- like, it'd be really a shame if Coop's, Coop's picks didn't make that, that list. Cause I feel yeah. like, you know, yeah. He's one of the heavy hitters in yeah. our, our little corner of the industry. It's got to be heavily weighted. In my mind. Anyways, uh, Dennis, what would, what would you say your favorite uh, site to go to, or what are you waiting for the most? You know, uh, generally, I've always waited for journal, um, journal stuff mm-hmm. to come out. I think it's always interesting to get their perspective on sort of what's what's hot, what's you know what's smoking really well, and I think they do a pretty good job with it. Yeah, uh, an interesting thing about Journal is, of course, they used to be. They changed their name at some point. I'm not sure exactly when that happened. They used to be the European Cigar Journal. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they're still kind of focusing more on the stuff that's more widely available um, and the stuff that hits the European market. I'm not sure where most of the people who actually um, compile the list are. Uh, but I, I think that is an interesting take because their list does tend to be a little bit different. 
And it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Cigar Journal the place that sends out blind cigars to reviewers and then the reviewers have to give them their notes and then they compile? Have I got that right? I think that's Cigar I Journal. Believe, I believe that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of different there's a lot of different opinions. We see them on Facebook right now. Everybody's posting their opinions about topless. I think that's probably one of the better ways to do it. If you're doing it, you know, completely blind like that with a wide variety of different reviewers, then I think you're, you're doing as much as you can to take bias out of it. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, I don't even, I don't even know if I could count how many new cigars came out this year. I certainly did not have yeah. a chance to smoke all the new cigars. So there's, there's naturally going to be cigars that just don't make the cut because, People didn't smoke them. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with every list is there. I don't think there's a single list out there where everybody has smoked every single thing that's on anybody else's list. Uh, it it's tough to to find a list where I've smoked every single cigar on the list. Even though I went to IPCPR and I've got all these samples, I can't make it through all of them. I can't, you know, um, and I, I can't give all of them a fair shake. There there are some cigars that I probably would have put on my list if I had like three or four of them but I only had one the entire year. And so I, I don't feel like I got a good enough read on it. And I, I feel like that happens with any publication. Um, I mean, people really get on cigar aficionados case about that part um, because they buy from a couple particular stores. And if your cigar is not in that store, you can't be on the list. Um, so that, I mean, and that's why the big brands are always on their list is because not only do they advertise with them. I mean, I'm sure that's got something to do with it. I don't, I try not to think about like whether they're biased towards their advertisers or anything like that. But those cigars, everybody like they send people to the store to buy a, a handful of cigars to do a review, and of course they're gonna get Arturo Fuente, Patron, that kind of stuff. Um, there's a reason they're on the list every year, and it's not only because they're good. And for good or for bad, I think you know I'd love to I'd love to say that publications like Half Will and Coop are as influential as Cigar Aficionado is in the marketplace. And the reality is, and I can obviously speak as a retailer, sadly, for good or for bad, Cigar Aficionado is what reaches the general public, the buying public, the 90% of the smokers that, you know, we don't have the audience of and yeah. does drive them into the stores. So, if you know, if you have a top, well, it's really, you can be anywhere on the top list. And if people see you on the top list, they're coming in to buy that cigar. So yeah, exactly. Um, hardcore, look, the... The term I like to use is hardcore smokers, which is people like me and you and Dennis. Um, we're we think about cigars all the time, like every day. All I'm thinking about I, is cigars. I, I literally, I literally <laughs> had a dream about cigars last night because I'm going to Vegas, and that I went into a cigar shop and found some cigars that I hadn't heard of from the IPCPR, and then went and smoked them in a lounge and like, so I'm like what? Yeah, <laughs> Who does like, that cigar. <laughs> I I say hardcore like cigar smoker. Yeah. Um, we're the audience for blogs, basically. Um, and hardcore cigar smokers love to say that CA's list doesn't matter. But the reality is the 90% of cigar smokers who aren't in a Facebook group, who aren't reading blogs every day, they get all of their, 100% of their information comes from Cigar Aficionado and people at their local B&M. Um, and as much as people like to say that it's not relevant, it's super relevant for the average smoker because that's the list that they rely on. That's the only top 25 list they probably even see. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be shocked quite frankly, if there was any B and M in the continent, the United States that said any publication that isn't cigar aficionado actually moved the dial for them. 
Yeah, and exactly. I, you know, I hate to say that That's because very good point. Blogging really, to me, is like you know, it is a it is a very serious publication. I know that everyone takes it very seriously, and a lot of a lot of effort and work and money gets put into it. Uh, but unfortunately, you just you can't compete with Cigar Aficionado. And you know, and to, to put it into context, I think that the online publication for Cigar Aficionado probably ranks in the same range that the other blogs do. I think it's all it's all yeah. their print media. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all about their print media for mm-hmm. for most smokers, um, and that's. That's just the rea- reality of it. Yep. Um, anywho. But anywho, let's get into our, our list here. So number 25 is something that I think I might be the only one out of our group. We had um, Jason couldn't make it here tonight, um, but I think I'm the only one out of the four of us that helped compile the list that actually smoked the Hoyola Amistad Silver. Um, man, that cigar, it's... So, I mean, I know that at least John has smoked the gold. I think we did an episode yeah. about that on sharing our pairings. Uh, and it just kind of takes it to the next level. It's similar. I think it's a similar blend. It tastes that way to me. Um, but it's just got a little bit more richness and a little bit more, uh, like, sweetness and spice. It's just kind of a more amplified version of that same cigar, which I I really like. And they're really reasonable price. They're, like, six bucks. Um, I mean, that one... That one, I, I think that that was the, in my opinion, the best thing that General came out with this year. I know they also came out with uh, reblended versions of the Inspirado, uh, reblended versions of the Partagas eighteen forty five, and for me, this was like their shining star. Well, I, th- I think once a lot of their partnerships, the new partnerships were announced, I don't think there's really any question in my mind that the blend, you know, no disrespect to General, but I think the blends were going to become a lot more boutique than what they had been in the past. Yeah. And, you know, we talked at length about the gold and the silver was high on my list. So the fact that I haven't smoked it yet is really kind of unfortunate because it has been on my list to to smoke because uh, you're not the only one that said it's really good. There's, you know, there's a lot of people saying it's really good. And frankly, given, you know, the collaboration there, it doesn't surprise me. It should be really good. Yeah. And, and I think it does have that. If you smoked it blind, it has that boutique kind of feel um, as far as like the intensity and the flavors. Um and I, I just think AJ knocked it out of the park with that blend. And then coming in at number 24, John, I think this is another one you haven't smoked. We're going to get to the ones you've smoked very <laughs> shortly. Um, the Patina Connecticut Robusto. Have, have you uh, smoked that one, Dennis? Yes, I have. I so really, really like it. So yeah, so not only have I smoked it, but I, oh, got, I, guess to, I, got, to, I got to sneaky smoke it. Uh, we did smoke okay. it right. It was like the day after they announced that Patina was partnering with Mombacho. Um, or within it was within two weeks of Patina announcing that Mombacho was going to be making their cigars. Yeah, um, S- sneaky and, smoke it in Granada. Yeah, and to me, like with the renaissance of Connecticut's that's happening right now, like there's strong Connecticut's, there's mild Connecticut's, there's Connecticut's all over the map now. And this one for me nails that like late '90s style of Connecticut where it's smooth and balanced and creamy and it like for me, it breathes new life into what a classic Connecticut could be. Um, this is one of the only classic Connecticut's that I would like buy boxes of and smoke every day. Because um, typically, personally, um, that that mild stuff just doesn't do it for me as much. Um, I mean, I can smoke it and I can enjoy it and I can appreciate it, uh, but it's not the kind of thing that I'm reaching for every day. And with the patina, that's that's a different story. I cut you off earlier, Dennis, when you were talking about it. Oh, I was just going to say that um, actually, good point, Trip. 
I'm kind of the same way. I generally don't go for the milder stuff. And this is for the first time I've had a Connecticut in a long time where it really surprised me, pleasantly surprised me. Nowadays, you talk to people about Connecticut cigars and it's not so much, um, you know, which, what Connecticut, what are you smoking? Now they're curious. It's not a, just that old school, what people are used to. There's more complexity to Connecticut today. There's a wide range of yeah. fairly light to fairly complex and pretty spicy. I've had a couple of really spicy Connecticut's and this one is kind of in that wheelhouse as well. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few Connecticut's this year that kind of hit the mark for me. That was on the list yeah. for me. Uh, Rose of Sharon from uh, Southern Draw Cigars was also on the list for me, and yeah. I think that says a lot because you know I think a, a lot of accusations have been leveled against bloggers that uh, they don't necessarily smoke what people smoke, like they don't typically smoke Connecticut's, and I would I would level back at them to say if you make a good Connecticut, I will not only smoke it but I will buy it and enjoy it. Um, yeah. you know, thinking about the Connecticut that, uh, Nick Malilo came out with, right. The Charter Oak Connecticut. That's, that's also really, really good. Like if you, yeah, if you blend, absolutely. if you blend and it doesn't need to be strong. I mean, the patina is a great example. It's, it's not strong. It's complex, but it's not, you know, in your face. It's, you know, a uh, everyday Connecticut smoker could smoke that and, and he's not going to. Not gonna get woozy. He's not gonna get blown away. I thought I thought it was a phenomenal cigar. The fact that I smoked it blind, I think, really helped because yeah. you know I, I smoked it fresh palate blind, and I was like, this is phenomenal. And I thought it was coming out from a different company. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the next one is like the big surprise that people have. Uh, this is <laughs> we knew it was gonna yeah. happen, um, <laughs> but it generated some comments. Good. The Gurkha Master Select 2017. Mm. Uh, we smoked the Toro version of it and at the show and were completely blown away. Uh, I I didn't know that I could enjoy a Gurkha this much. I didn't know that it could have so much like body and complexity. And um, I smoked one a few months ago after the show uh, that I'd gotten at the show. And it completely lived up to what I remembered of it. Because it's really hard when you're smoking something on, you know, it's your ninth cigar of the day. And you just finished eating lunch. Um, it's really hard to get a good read on it. So when you're wowed by something, it's really impressive. Um, but you can never be sure if that's going to carry over to when you're smoking it by itself on its own. Um, and for me, this this blend really lived up to the hype. And one of the comments on Reddit that we got was... Well, oh, yeah, I saw those. There were a couple that were like, I can't believe they put a Gurk on the list. I can't trust yeah. anything they say ever again. Uh, but one guy <laughs> said, I absolutely loved the Master Select Circa 2003. Which, which and, is supposed which to be the same blend. Yeah, Exactly. It's the same blend. Um, as Eddie's talked about, they don't necessarily have uh, control over all other blends these days. Um, but this is one of the ones that they make in their factory. They oversee the production. And I mean, if if you've never smoked a Gurkha you like, please smoke this one because you're you will be impressed. Uh, I, I feel like smoking this blind, you could give it to a hundred people from any cigar community on the internet, and not a single one would guess what it was. And I mean, I think my commentary, uh, I was expecting those comments. I could see ahead where those comments are going to come from, and I have absolutely no problem with someone criticizing my palate or criticizing my pick. Uh, but my feedback would be smoke the cigar and tell me you hate it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's completely affordable. I think they're only like six ninety nine. Yeah. So, you know, smoke it and tell me you hate it. Then, then I can, I can trust 
that you know you're you're coming from a objective position but just to hate on an entire brand that's like the people who tell me they hate rocky patel and it's like well you know he's got hundreds of blends there's yeah there's good unless stuff, you there's smoked no, all 800 yeah. blends you can't really say you hate everything he makes yeah and, I, and, you know, I'm just a guy who, you know, I'm not going to say I hate an entire range of something until I try at least a substantial portion of that range before, you know, I just, I can't, like, it's like trying one beer from a brewery and saying, I hate that brewery. Well, okay. I mean, that's your opinion and whatever, but uh, I don't think it's fair to criticize an entire, uh, an entire manufacturer based on one cigar or even two cigars. Um, you know, and trivia, I think you've talked about it at length. They, you know, they have tiers, just like a lot of companies. They've got their mm-hmm. catalog stuff, they've got their B and M stuff, and then they've got their premium stuff. And this is, this is in their premium end, and it's, I mean, wouldn't be on there if it wasn't good. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's really good. If you're listening it's to really this, good. go try it. Um, don't don't order it from one of the catalogs because this is a brand that was a catalog brand for them, and they kind of took back. Um, so if you order it from, you know, X catalog, uh, you may get the old version and not the 2017 version. Go into your B&M and, at, at, and ask them for the new Gurkha Master Select. They look the same, but they're completely different cigars. And it's so affordable that it's, it's worth just going in and get one, smoke it, see if you like it. Yeah, You're not exactly. going to lose anything. Just, just to call us out. I mean, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you hate it, tell us. <laughs> call us out. Say we're, we're dumb for putting it on the list. But, Bunch I mean, in my opinion... That's a fantastic cigar that I I was completely surprised by. Yeah, all day long. Uh, and at number twenty two, we have the undergrown undercrown sun grown. Um, I mean, how many did we smoke at the show? Cigar. Like ten, uh, twelve, yeah, fifteen. Like, yeah, this was kind of a daily cigar for us at the show. Like we were we were raging on them. Yeah, and this. I mean, it wasn't a surprise. Everybody knew this was coming. They've been out for months and months and months. But the blend was kind of changing through that time. Um, I think the first time we tasted it was we got like a couple of them that were probably the final blend, but nobody's sure on Safari. Um, but once I started smoking the production ones, I've I've smoked a lot of these. Um, and I mean, that that Corona Gorda is just fantastic. It's it blows the Corona Viva out of the water for me, which is a big step because the, the Corona Viva for me is kind of the most solid thing that Drew Estate made. And, that, uh, and, and I, think I think that was a great that was a great example of a well-performing cigar that happened to be spectacular in one particular size versus another size as well, which yeah. is important. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's um, there are a lot of cigars out there that all the different sizes co- smoke kind of similarly. And Undercrown has never been one of those. The Corona Viva, they've they've said, has more Lajero in it. That's kind of an amped up it's version. Got the juice. It's got the juice. Yeah. And that carries over to the Sungrown. Um, the Sungrown version is a little amped up from like the Toro, the Robusto, and the uh, the rest of the sizes. Yeah. She good. Mmm. They good. Comments on that, Dennis. That's my favorite Undercrown by far. Well, yeah, I too. love it. There you go. Uh, I mean, they just nailed it with that one. And then actually, I, I didn't realize we had two of theirs. Well, not really theirs, but two things that are distributed by Drew Estate right next to each other. Next is the Hoy de Nicaragua Gran Reserva. Oh, that was such a good cigar. So good. Yeah. It's so, so good. good. It's, it takes a cigar that's been on the market for like almost 20 years and has always been known to be that powerhouse and just dials it back a couple notches just enough so that you're getting more nuance. Um, but it's still, it's still a very strong cigar. You're just getting a lot more nuance. It's not punching you in the face anymore. 
uh, it's just kind of lightly slapping. <laughs> yeah, there's just that there's just that extra level of complexity there that you know, with no disrespect to the regular release because the regular release is good, but there's that that little extra, that little bit of ground up unicorn horn that's in there now that just isn't in the regular release, and and I think it comes through. I think they've they've they've. I mean, it's on the list, so you know it's good, but um, you know, it's it's a standout for Hoya, and I wasn't sure whether. Uh, when we first smoked it and the second time I smoked it, I wasn't sure whether it was going to get there. And I was, you know, I was kind of, kind of going into it thinking, well, you know, we'll see. And, uh, I think right from the very first few puffs, it was like, okay, this is, this is really good. They've really got something here. Yeah. It takes, it takes what they did with the Antonio Mm. and just kind of, it's just like a refined version. It's like, uh, Antonio's older brother that wears a suit all the time and works at the bank. Dr. Um, Antonio. Yeah, Dr. Scotch every day. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I love Dr. Antonio. I think that's a really good way of putting it. It's a <laughs> it's a refined grown up version of the Antonio. Why can't you be like your brother and be a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> I don't exactly. know what accent that was, but that was Juan's accent. That's what Juan's <laughs> always saying to those Antonios. <laughs> and now he's got an older brother that's a doctor. So yeah, if you have if you haven't, I mean you know, I think I think if you haven't tried the Antonio, uh, be aware it is it is definitely a fuller body cigar. But if you like cigars in the fuller body category, and you haven't smoked it, you you really got to pick that. You really pick yeah, it up. You really got to try that cigar. Okay. Um, and if they have it, buy the regular Antonio and the Grand Reserva. Smoke the Antonio one day, and then like the Grand Reserva the next oh, day, definitely. a couple days later. Um, yeah. Because there, a lot of people thought there wasn't going to be a difference. That it was going to taste like an Antonio that sat in a humidor for five years, but it doesn't. It's it's really got it's just more a more dialed in version of it. And before we move on to number twenty, we're going to take a quick break from one of our sponsors. Uh, we'll be right back. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. day that um, had like had like it had like a year and a half of age on it or something like that oh man it's just <sighs> forgot about it we, we were talking beer during the break a little bit um john well why don't we tell our audience what, what you're drinking so one of my favorite this uh breweries out of uh, this one's out of quebec this is did the cl if you've watched sharing our pairings you've you've seen did the cl mentioned just a few times this is a strong ale or extra strong actually uh, 9.5% ABV or sessionable, as, Lee, as we would say on sharing our pairings, sessionable. Um, it's an Imperial Dark Saison. And uh, it's, I mean, it's got that Saison funk, but it's got, you know, this kind of herbal quality underneath it, almost like a like a tea. So, you know, if you imagine like black tea, like a complex black tea underneath mm. that, it's it's really funky and interesting. Um, and I was saying that uh, one of the other beers that they, that I was choosing between was the uh, Pesce Martel and it's the uh, stout that they do, and it's it's almost like um, it's almost like it's got some black ground pepper in it, like it's just kind of got a little spice to it, um, not in the same way as the Chocoveza, um, but the, I, I I was also saying I had a Chocoveza that I had for Christmas that's been sitting for like a year and a half, year and three quarters. I mean that beer ages so that well. That beer ages Beautiful. really well if yeah. if you can sit on it. 
if you can sit on it. That's I mean, that's trick. the hard part. I think I finished mine off already, uh, which is unfortunate. But I'm I'm notoriously bad at aging beers. Like I I actually speaking of Stone, I actually got a bottle a few years ago of the Enjoy After. Oh. Which is their their Brett IPA, so it's kind of like a sour, funky IPA. Oh. Uh, but they put it in the bottle, intending for it to kind of bottle condition for about a year. And I sat on that. I managed to sit on it somehow. I actually got two bottles, and I drank one of them about halfway through, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to see how it was. And it they were they were right. It was better after the full year. Uh-huh. Um, and Brian Burnett, one of our viewers, says that. If he sees that Gurkha, he'll buy it. Actually, he says, fine. If I see that Gurkha, I'll buy it. Uh, it's good, man. It's, it's, it's actually really, really good. It's really uh, good. I think it'll blow you away and, and maybe change your opinion on Gurkha. Even. I mean, I mean, I think people need to realize, if anything, you know, we're bloggers, we're hardcore cigar geeks. So if anything, knowing the reputation that Gurkha has for a Gurkha to land on our top 25 list, that's going to tell you something point. about that cigar. Yeah. And it didn't land number 25. Not yeah, that, exactly. You know, not that there's anything against 25, but I'm just saying it's not like it snuck in there. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't quite sneak in there. It was. It was. It was firmly on the list. Um, I mean, when we sat down to figure it out, John was like, "What about that Gurkha?" And I was like, "Yep, that goes on the list, definitely." I mean, it was. It was honestly one of the best cigars I had this year, yep. uh, which is saying a lot. So at number 20. We've got the Tatuaje Skinny Jason Cazadores Edition. Um, so, for anybody who's seen the skinny monsters around, uh, it was the Lancero, or it was the Petite Lancero collection that they did. That was that was ten monsters, um, very reasonably priced. It was like I think it was like eighty bucks. Yeah, I think they're like seventy-eight yeah. or eighty bucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if you were buying it like in in Oregon with taxes, it was a hundred bucks even, uh, which. I mean, it's a pretty good deal for a bunch of monsters. And I thought the, I was let down by some of the skinny monsters. But then when I heard that the Cazadores were coming out last year and they didn't actually end up launching until early this year, I was like, I was chewing, chewing at the bit, chomping at the bit. That's the phrase I was looking for. Um, Cazadores, it's a, it's a Lonsdale-y kind of size, like six and a quarter or six and three quarters, I think, by 42 or 43 maybe. And I think that out of all 10 of them, the Jason was hands down the best one and just completely stood out. The strength of that blend with the sweetness of the broadleaf works so well on that Vitola. I hope they release boxes of that one. Do you have thoughts on that <coughs> one, Dennis? I know you smoked that one. Man, I for me, it knocked me out. I was blown away. I was so surprised. And I, I kind of had a similar experience with some of the, the other skinny monsters where they kind of didn't do it for me compared to the full size, and this one just killed it for me. It was great. Yeah, yeah when, I think, when you're at 38 ring gauge, it's hard to get that strength yes, that, in that I, blend. And that's part of it, of course. Um, and I feel like at the 43, it really makes it, it, it brings out that strength a little more. You can use maybe one extra leaf, but st- that's a lot in a, a cigar that small. Yeah. And I haven't had, uh, I haven't got my hands on this one yet, but uh, I did smoke the full size Jason. I wasn't actually a fan of the full size Jason, so I'm, this is the one that I, that I'm kind of lo- looking forward to. That's uh, you know going to be on my shopping list on my next trip down to the Freedomville, USA. Yeah, you got to try to get your hands on this one. And I know the uh, Pete has said that the skinny monsters, at least in the in the full boxes, the twenty counts. Um, those are going to be semi-regular production now, and nice. I think the ca- the Cazadore monster boxes are going to be another thing that's not it's not available all the time, but once in a while 
you know, when they have the capacity, they'll make a couple hundred boxes and, and ship them out. Nice. So I, I think these are something that we're going to see around, but they're not going to be readily available all the time. Oh, man, 19. I just scrolled down to number 19, the Winston Churchill late hour. Uh-huh. I was so blown away by this cigar. Um, it's it's interesting because it really melds the style of the uh, like the American barrel age and the Nicaraguan barrel age that Camacho has been doing, um, which, of course, started after they got acquired by Davidoff. But it brings in that refinement of that Davidoff flavor. And it's man, it's so good. I, I don't get much of the scotch because they're some of the leaves are aged in scotch barrels. You don't get a ton of scotch. It's not quite like the American barrel aged. I would compare it more to the Nicaraguan barrel aged where it's it's got a little bit of that influence, but really not much. Yeah, I, uh, this is one of the few cigars where I had the opportunity to smoke all the Vitolas. Mm-hmm. And the Robusto and the Toro for me had a very similar performance, so almost a negligible difference between the two. But interestingly enough, the Churchill size had a substantially different flavor profile for me. In fact, yeah. um, so much so that I, it didn't even really taste like the same cigar. And the the big flavor, I think, for me and the Churchill was uh, mushroom. Like it had yeah. this really sort of uh, buttered mushroom, like sautéed mushroom, um, earthy flavor to it, which was which was really good and really interesting. But uh, Big departure from the Robusto and the Toro. Yeah, I I think the Robusto and the Toro are where it's at for that blend. It's it's not cheap. It's pricey. I think. Yeah. I believe the Toro is around seventeen fifty, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, that's a nut. But this is the kind of cigar that I could sit down with a nice scotch in a a cushy leather chair and like lose myself in for two hours. It's yeah, it's a good celebration stick for fantastic. sure. Yeah, it's a it's a good celebration stick. That's a great way to put it. Um, and then eighteen, the protocol probable cause Lancero. Oh, I know man. we were all big on this one. Cubaraqueño, yes. so good. Um, to me, it's not at the same level as the protocol Lancero, the blue, but it is still so good. Uh, it really dials in that that like probable cause flavor that you get from Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's just so good. I, I think the fact that it isn't the protocol Lancero is probably a good thing. I actually, I actually smoked a protocol Lancero again, uh, from the box I bought f- a few nights ago at a herf. And I, I think I had forgotten just how, how bloody strong that cigar was. Cause mm-hmm. I got like an inch and a half in and I was like, holy shit, this is a strong cigar. Like you forget just like, this is a ball strong. And I think for a, like, you know, of the segment of boutique smokers, there's a lot of guys who ca- who can't smoke in that category. That's a that's yeah. a tough category. So I think, you know, the probable cause brings that back while still giving you full flavor. Like you said, I think that Mexican San Andreas just comes out in droves with the with the Lancero format. Um, I mean, I smoked I don't know eight, ten, twelve of these, and they're consistent. They burn well. And the flavor profile is there from start to finish. I mean, you, you're going to nub the Lancero. It's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal cigar. It's very easy to smoke Lancero. Absolutely. Oh. And if anybody's out there that's kind of unsure about Lanceros, maybe you've that's had actually a couple of bad point. experiences. Very good this point. one, the burn is just fantastic. You don't have to baby. You don't have to worry about it. But the smoke is really easy, too. Not, that's not to say that there isn't a ton of flavor to it because it really is flavorful and really complex. Um for me, this is something I can smoke one and then finish it, smoke another one, and still feel okay. Did, and yeah, it speaks volumes about it. Did and and uh, and I forget because it's been like a few weeks since we did this, but 
I guess, uh, honorable mention to the, because we don't have the themis on our list, do we? Oh, we do. It's, okay. It's a, we're Never getting mind. there. Because we're on this Connecticut kick, and I'm like, man, I remember really liking the themis, and I thought I liked the themis more than the probable cause, but I'm jumping ahead of myself, so fair enough. Yeah, carry so on. that was actually another another note somebody had on, uh, I think it was on Facebook. I think it was Catfish that commented about it. Um and said he was really surprised that we had so much Connecticut on the list. And I think, like, this year was just such a good year for Connecticut. Absolutely. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, th- the interesting thing with the probable cause to me is a lot of companies come out with a, a Habano cigar, and then they come out with a San Andreas cigar. Yep. And the Habano is kind of medium full, and then the uh, the San Andreas is full, extra full. And Protocol did the exact opposite of that. Yep. They came out with a Habano that is strong as balls, and yeah. then they came out with a what you what like if you saw them sitting on the shelf next to each other, you would think that the probable cause was hands down way stronger. Um, but it's actually a more uh, a more restrained kind of strength uh, than I was expecting. Handcuffed, handcuffed to turn a phrase. <laughs> yeah, in, keep, in, keep, in keeping with the law enforcement theme, right? Yeah. Uh, and so next, the next on our list, number seventeen, uh, it was a it was a big surprise and a surprise to no one at the same time, which is the hit and run from Room One Hundred One in Caldwell. Boom. Um, everybody knew at some point Matt was going to come back to the industry, um, and a lot he's, of people he's being all like, being all squirrely, you know, yeah. blah blah blah. Whatever, Matt. We saw through your ruse, buddy. Yeah, and a, a lot of people guess. guessed that he would partner with Caldwell because they've, you know, they've always been uh, kindred spirits. Let's say that's a good way to put it. Uh, but man, they knocked it out of the park with this blend. I feel Menage like Menage a beautiful. Menage a beautiful. Um, I'm trying to remember the phrase that they used several. Menagical. Times. Menagical. It is menagical. Um, it's it's really interesting because it's you. You expect a little more strength from the uh, from the boofy side. Um, you expect that like Dominican smoothness from the Caldwell side, and they kind of manage to mix them together uh, and like flip each other upside down. So it's got. I can't talk enough about like the flavors of this cigar. You were talking about black tea with your beer before, and this cigar has more black tea flavor than I've ever had in a cigar before. Um, and it's like. It's just rich and smooth and not overly spicy, overly sweet, overly bitter. Um, it's kind of got everything in moderation, and I think they nailed this blend. And in my opinion, it's better than the tea. I know a lot of people like the tea more, from uh, which is them partnering with AJ. And in my opinion, this was a way better cigar. It's just it's an elegant cigar um, that hits every note on my palate. Nice. All right. And now we get to talk about number 16, the Protocol Themis. Famous. I mean, Protocol did it again. They've they're a a minuscule company. They're very small, it's and really they nailed it the three times in a row. It's really good in the Lancero. I've never had the Lancero. I've had the Lancero. Just oh, saying. And yeah, we we smoked it. I think we smoked it first um, in country. We got a sneak preview. Oh, oh, and we did. I forgot. We did. About we smoked it. We smoked it in country, and then we got to smoke it on the show, and then I got to smoke it after the show, and you yeah. know. 
I, I almost felt like I had to apologize because it's like, I'm sorry, I, I like your Connecticut more than your San Andreas offering. And it's not that the San Andreas offering is bad. It's just that this Connecticut offering was like, it was everything. It just, it hit every single dial. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the traditional Connecticut, but it, it wasn't a ball strong Connecticut. It just, it was, it was elegant. It was complex. It was delicious. And, you know, I could smoke those back to back because they're just delicious. I can't and say this, anything. This was a really exciting that. year for Connecticut's too, right? It, this is kind of Absolutely. like this year, Connecticut's really became mature. There's a new realm of Connecticut out there. And, you know, whether you like Connecticut's, whether you don't like Connecticut's, now is the time to go out there, get a Connecticut, give it a shot. And I guarantee you, you're going to be surprised. Yeah. They're, um, this is the first in a couple of the uh, not your grandfather's Connecticut yes. kind of style. Yeah. Um, the patina, as we talked about, is kind of it's it's the classic Connecticut style. It's smooth, creamy, mild. Um, this is a more amped up version of the Connecticut, but it's still not that like super strong, super spicy, intense style of Connecticut. Uh, I mean, frankly, it's amazing. That a they... lot of that Connecticut character. Sorry, Trim. I, I was gonna say. I mean, it's amazing that like, they can they can restrain. Hector and Lazona t- enough to come out with something like this because I know that you know typically Lazona puts out a lot of stuff that's very full body, very full strength, and uh, you know to pull to pr- to bring on something with this much nuance. I mean, just a testament to the, the blenders, the factory, everything from from top to top to bottom. Absolutely. Um, before we get to our our next one. Uh, we are going to take a break in a second, but I just want to go over some of the uh, the Facebook comments and the shout-outs. Jerry Stash says it's good to see John again. Thanks, Jerry. I love you too, brother. Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, Gene Travis is watching in Brooklyn, and David Troop is watching in Augusta, Georgia. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, and thanks for commenting. We like we like it when you guys talk to us, um, even though sometimes we get we get into what we're doing and don't notice the comments for a little while. But thank you. Uh, We'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsor uh, with the rest of our list. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. And we're back um, talking about our top 25 of 2017. Um, Now that the year is gone and done and gone, um, we're at number 15 now. And Harley Holmes said this is going to be a two-hour show based on our pacing, which... I mean, I'd be all right with that. It's we're, we're professionals, Harley. Don't worry about it. We got this, brother. Yeah. Um, the, the important thing here is that we want to, we want people to know what's on our list, and we want to know we want people to know why. We don't want to just spend an hour running down the list. Um, and also, these are all cigars that we love. Uh, this next one is like we're getting into the serious contender territory, where these are all. I mean, everything on the list is very good, um, but these are like. 15 is where we're getting into the cream of the crop because number 15 is the black label company, black label trading company, Morphine Lancero. The morphine is fantastic every single year. It's, it's a spicy, intense San Andreas offering from in the same style as a lot of the other stuff that James comes out with. Um, 
But Morphine is like their cream of the crop kind of cigar every year. And I think they knocked it out of the park in 2017. And correct me if I'm wrong, Trip, but Morphine is a regular release from Black Label Trading Company, not on the Blackworks side, correct? Correct. Um, and it's not a regular release. It's um, Yeah. It's a- when, when they first started, they were doing, I believe it was a thousand boxes per year of each Vitola of everything. Um, and the Morphine just came in two Vitolas and they did like, 200 boxes um but obviously they've gotten a little bit more popular since then so they've got regular production uh, morphine is an annual release where they tweak the blend a little bit every year i, I almost feel like uh like james this was a statement to say hey you know remember black label trading company you know our other side of the business we we still do make really good cigars i know everyone's been going crazy over the black work studio stuff but hey guess what you know our regular release or limited regular release stuff is also phenomenal as well yeah, I, I think you're right. And um, I, I like that every year they change the blend a little bit. Um, it's never, as far as I've noticed, it's never been noticeably different um, as far as like, oh, they changed this. But it's always got, you know, just, just it's just got little tweaks. And I think that they're, I think they've been refining it every year. Yeah, it's got a freshness to it. Every year you kind of notice it's maybe like you're, like you said before, it's not noticeably different in that way, but it's definitely got that freshness and it's still a little bit exciting even if you had yeah. previous years every year it comes out it's still exciting it's still interesting and that san andreas wrapper is really juicy on it yeah it's get it's got a really good like thick smooth san andreas wrapper if you haven't already bought them you should have already bought them by the time trip I has mean, done his explanation go, go if you haven't already bought go them buy. they're all gone um, <sighs> that's one of the things with the that's, black label is their limited releases like this like You've got maybe a week to buy them. If you don't, if yeah. you don't jump on it as soon as they come out, they're all going to be snatched up. Or, in, or um, in the case of some of the cigars that landed in our top five list, if you don't buy it within the first hour, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, um, yeah, we're we're getting into some stuff that is going to be hard to get. Um, the next one though is not too hard to get because I just bought one the other day, the Fratello Oro. This one I feel like um, this was one of the best Connecticut's I've ever smoked in my life. And if I smoked it blindfolded, I'm not sure I would even know that it had a Connecticut wrapper. It's got that smoothness, but it's also got a richness and a spice uh, that I that you don't typically experience in a Connecticut. It doesn't. It just it has none of those typical Connecticut like papery flavors, but it's still got some of the creaminess of the Connecticut. Um, but it's really all about richness and spice, and it's got a lot of really. Um, Really nuanced notes. I, I remember tasting, I'm looking at my notes here, cinnamon, ginger, citrus. And the way I described it in my review, which I feel like not enough people called me out for being crazy on, is like a deconstructed salad kind <laughs> of meal where you've got all of these different pieces. And that's how I was tasting it at first. At first, I could clearly say there's a little bit of this, there's a little bit of that. Uh, and then the further into the cigar you get, those flavors don't really go away or change, but they they start like this and they slowly get closer together until it's one flavor that you can't really identify specifically. But it was a really interesting experience for me smoking that cigar because I can't think of another cigar that has that kind of progression. Um, usually it's you've got flavors coming and going and this nothing was leaving. It just constantly more flavors were were jumping in. 
And I think people at the show recognize that because, uh, I mean, I don't know how many times we went by Omar's booth, but, uh, his booth was hopping from like, mm-hmm. like literally he was trying to see if we could get in the show a half an hour early just so we could get an interview because we would come one minute after the, sh- like we'd be racing from the moment the door opened to his booth and he'd have three retailers lined up already. Yeah. It, it was, cr- his booth was insane yeah. the entire time. Like we had to, when we finally got to him. He only had one person that he was talking to and nobody waiting. And that's only that was one. Our yeah. Uh, and we got a couple comments. So David Troop wants to know if any of the Cigar Federation blends ever make our favorite list. Um, no, I'm, that'd, be a little, I'm, that'd be a little self-serving. Yeah, I'm in charge. And I say that uh, even though I smoke them and I enjoy them, uh, Cigar Federation is owned by Ezra Zion, as most people know. Um, we will. I, I, I kind of wanted to say this in the in the list in the written list, but I couldn't find a good way to say it. We will never have something from Ezra Zion or cigar Federation on our list because it's, I mean, there's too much room for bias there. Um, no matter how good they are, they can make everybody else's list and, uh, none of their stuff's ever going to be on our list because I feel like that's not fair, um, to our, our viewers and our readers. Now, that being said, uh, I smoke a lot of the, uh, a lot of the cigar Federation stuff on a regular basis. Me too. So that should, that should tell you everything you need to know right there. Yeah, it's it, it has nothing to do with them being good cigars or not. It's just I feel I feel like it would be um, it's a conflict of interest. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest. I even though I could honestly say something that I like, I would I would just prefer not to to keep that conversation from happening. Um, and then Ed Ryan says with the Fratello Oro, it's that Cameroon binder that gives it all that complexity. I I believe that Cameroon man goes with everything. It's it's true, even Connecticut. Even Connecticut. Yeah. All right, so we're on to number 13, and this is the All Out Kings. Boom. Boom. First I announced. Mean, first yeah, announced we, Cigar Federation in yeah, country. We were, all, yeah, all three of us were actually there in Nicaragua when oh. this got announced. Um, Broke it. And Broke it first. Caldwell they tried was to steal there, the video. And we, we <laughs> didn't know exactly how it was going to play out or anything. Um, yes, that is true. People did try to steal the video. Um and it was really, it was a really weird way to announce it because it was like, hey, we're doing this partnership, but we still have no idea what the cigar is. Well, we um, knew something was up when we showed up, and uh, Robert Caldwell was there, and we're yeah. like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a math travel smith, but I feel like Nicaragua and the Dominican are not the same country, and they're, they're yeah. fairly far apart. And I did, like, not that we're not yeah. happy to see you, but w- why? What is it? Why are you here? What are you doing here? And of course, Willie shows up. Yeah, yeah, and and then they announced it, and we, I wasn't sure what to think. Like, I I had thought we would end up seeing something that was like a a Nicaraguan version of one of Caldwell's existing blends, or kind of a Dominican version of like the Herrera Esteli. Which which I I was worried about that too, and I was like, this I hope that doesn't happen because I don't want a Nicaraguan recycled version of a Caldwell blend, and I don't want a Caldwell recycled version of a of a herrera blend like i I don't want to see that yeah but what they managed to make is like a um i think it's the same level as liga Pravada. it's it's like a tweaked version of a t52 to me uh it's got all that power and that spice but then it's got those it's got that complexity that uh you expect from caldwell and that kind of smoothness even though it's got that super intense Habano binder or Habano wrapper rather. 
That's know, an what, exciting I, smoke. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been doing all the talking. What do you guys think of this one? I, I, I think it's nice to finally see a collaboration come to fruition. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think in a lot of ways it had uh, tons of stuff stacked against it because, you know, in the past, every collab, really every collab, cigar collaboration that's ever been tried has failed either because the blenders couldn't see it eye to eye or because they try to maybe they try to compromise too much or maybe it's just really tough to get two blenders who are vastly different to mm-hmm. come together on something. And I think this is probably one of the only times or at least the first time that a collaboration has turned out a cigar that is worthy of being on a top 25 list. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. So number 12, we have the um, another one from Drew Estate, the Pappy what? Van Winkle Tradition. That's what I'm smoking right now, actually. Well, done, almost done smoking. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you talk really about fun. it then. What, what do you think of this cigar? It's really interesting. I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what to think coming into it. And, and I picked it up and I started smoking and I thought, man, it just evokes these feelings of I need to sit down and I need to just enjoy this and I need to you know, put my phone down and, and just really appreciate the smoke. It burns really well. The flavor is really nice. And I don't want to say meaty, but it's, you know, it's got that body to it. A lot of that espresso really comes up for me. And it, you know, I had, a, I had a, um, a bourbon on the side with it as well. And it, I think it paired really beautifully. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it evoked a lot of what I felt when I smoked the her Esteli for the first time. Yes, and it was, it was like I a agree. statement cigar where it was like, you know, and I think if I were to use a word to describe most of the blends that come out of your estate, it would be loud. You know, they're not subtle. They're not quiet. They're not, you know, they're loud. And when Willie came out with her ass to lead, you know, it was, that was, I think the way you described it, Dennis was perfect. It's like, I needed to step down, sit down and, and go, Whoa, okay, what is this? You know, I need to give this some attention and pay attention. And when we smoked the, the traditional, it was like, wow, okay, this takes me back to the first time I smoked the Herrera Esteli, and you know, wow, this is this is this is so different, um, and yeah, knocked it out of the park. Yeah, to me, it it smokes like a Padron level version of a Herrera Esteli. That's a good way to it's, put it. It's a it it has the character of a Herrera Esteli, um, but it really does smoke like a. a a cigar that's in the price range that it is. Uh, at first, when I first smoked it, I wasn't sure. I thought this is a really good cigar. And then I found out the price point and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's <laughs> like a $20 for a Toro. That's Cha-ching. a lot for Drew Estate. Um, but after I smoked a couple more thinking with the price point in mind, I thought it actually is worth that price point. It's it's that much better than you know the rest of their offerings and the Herrera Stelie and stuff like that. Um, but it's still got that I mean, like you said, it, it's got the feel of a Herrera Esteli, where it's not that loud, in-your-face, punchy flavors. It's really more of a refined um, Davidoff-style smoking experience. And that's actually that's actually something I would compare it to, is it reminds me a lot of a Davidoff. Uh, it's got a lot of those mushroomy, kind of meaty flavors. And on to number 11. Don't, um, we, have, um, don't we have another station break? We d- Actually, yes, we do. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I just looked at the clock while I was saying that, and I was going to do it after that cigar, but it seems like just the right time um, because uh, this segment is brought to you by Drew Estate. Um, if if you can find them, get a, get an all-out Kings. I mean, that's mm, They good. Yeah, they real good. Um, but you're probably not going to find that. But you might be able to find some Pappy Van Winkle traditions. And 
I mean, just rewind 30 seconds and listen to what we were just saying. That cigar, uh, I've heard people say they don't like them, and I just don't understand that sentiment at all. Sorry, your palate is broken. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's in the upper echelon of, of stuff Drew Estate has ever made, in my Truth. opinion. True. So, on to number 11, uh, Todos Los Diaz. Todos Los Diaz. Um, so Todos Los Diaz is really interesting because just like all of Steve Saka's other lines, every size smokes differently. Um, I I chose the half Churchill, I guess. I know a couple other people on the team have smoked it, um, but we we decided on the half Churchill because it's kind of the most refined version of this powerhouse cigar. And not that the other sizes are bad. Like I smoked the, um, I don't remember what they call it. It's like the... Uh, the Hoy de Nicaragua Antonio console. It's like a six by six or five by sixty sort of torpedo, really more of a Marvel head. Yeah. Um, and it's got so much power and so much intensity that I really actually like the half Churchill size because it's it's a little more smoother. It's still really rich. It's still got a lot of uh, black pepper and red pepper. Like one of the things that was really uh, that was explained to us when Steve was handing out the cigars is there's a lot of red pepper in the cigar. And you really do get that. You get kind of this, this burning on the side of your tongue, uh, that you don't usually get with a cigar. That's really, really reminiscent of like that red pepper chili kind of flavor. And as you progress through the cigar, a lot of cigars, the style for the last 10 years or so has been start off really intense, then cut off the intensity about half an inch in, and then ramp up the intensity slowly. And this does the opposite. This starts off and you're like, oh, I guess it's not that spicy. And as you're smoking, it's ramping up and up and up and up. Um, I mean, that's it's it's just a really interesting cigar because it managed as a, manages to have all that power while still having some uh, like a, a delicate kind of flavor. I think it's amazing that uh, Steve continues to make top top 10, top 25 lists every year since uh, since he started up. I think that's that's quite an accomplishment. There's not a lot of cigar manufacturers, even established cigar manufacturers, that can consistently show up on top lists year after year after year. And there's no reason to believe that he's not going to do it again next year. I'm sure he is. Um, I'm sure he's got something in the pipeline that that we're going to see this year um, that's going to blow us all away all over again. And I'm going to let John talk about this next one because he smoked a whole bunch of them. whole bunch. Uh, the Mombacho Cosecha 2012. Mambacho. So, um, I kind of, I kind of put a little note on there that, um, this was kind of one of those tough cigars for me in the sense that, uh, I'd been able to smoke it behind the curtain, uh, I think for about the last two years and, uh, really for the last two years, I've been, I think I smoked it, I want to say three or four times, maybe five times. And, uh, I knew about the, the process and of course because it's in the vault i couldn't talk about it i couldn't hint about it i couldn't even yeah you know lead any information about it but i knew that by the time you know by the time claudio was ready to put this on the market it was going to be remarkable and it was going to be landing on top list because it was just a remarkable amazing cigar and to, you know for for someone to have the foresight and if you listen to the story you should go to mabacho uh mabacho's website and you should listen to him talk about the story behind this because, you know, it's kind of like scotch where yeah. you need to be thinking five years ahead. And it's very, very tough for any cigar manufacturer, even an established manufacturer to say, I'm going to blend something and I'm going to put it down for five years 
before we put it on the market. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy in Scotch land. It's it's absolutely bananas in cigar land. You don't do that. You know, you can put something down for a year, six months, and by that time, people are chomping at the bit to get this on the market. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's an elegant, amazing, fantastic cigar. Uh, I think that if you enjoy elegant, amazing, fantastic cigars, then you should buy it. But you know, if you don't like elegant cigars, then don't buy it. It's really that simple. That's right. Um, uh, one thing that strikes me about this blend is it's stronger than almost anything else they've made at mm. Mabacho. Um Much more intense, yeah. Yeah, it's maybe not as strong um, as the 10th anniversary. It might be kind of in the same realm as the yeah. 10th anniversary, which was by far the strongest thing they ever made. And... This could have been a disaster. Yeah, like you it said, could have, it could have been terrible. Uh, when you're thinking five years ahead, it's yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, it's it's one thing to age tobacco for five years. I mean, you just stick it in a bale and let it sit there. Um, but to actually create a blend and think not how does this taste now, but how is this going to taste in five years? I mean, it's one it's one thing to most blenders. You know, they blend a cigar, they smoke a bunch of samples, and then they wait three months, four months to taste it and say, okay, that's the right blend. Then they put it into production. And I, I think one thing to comment on here, because this is, you know, Claudio's goal was to bring true vintage to the cigar industry. And I think one of the things to keep in mind is that usually in, in the porn industry, vintage is determined after the fact, not before the fact. Yeah. So usually in vintage, they, they taste it after the fact. So I think, you know, in that way, he really is, you know, taking a big risk in that, you know, he's confident it's a vintage release, but if he's wrong, you know, he's sitting on tens of thousands of cigars. That's, that's a one-time limited release. And you've been sitting on it for five years, not making money. Fortunately, he knows what he's doing. You know, they call him the maestro for a reason. And, uh, you know, I think it was, it was cool at the Mombacho dinner party, um, to sit around with people who are smoking it for the first time and to kind of hear their comments and a new, you know, right off the bat, I knew because some of the people there, I know their palate from the reviews and I knew, you know, who was going to, it was going to really uh, strike a right tune with and who it wasn't. Um, and I think, you know, the cigar is what it is and it's, it's a phenomenal release. And I think, you know, it's only beginning from Mbacho because they've, they've obviously got a lot of irons in the fire with this, with this project. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like they've said, this isn't a project that's going to be one and done. We're going to, no. we're going to see probably a 2013. I mean, all I know is we're going to see more of these vintages in the future. I smoked a 2013 too. Of course you have. It's really good. <laughs> of I've course also you have. I smoked a 2014. It's also really good. Um but so a really interesting you mentioned the di- the dinner party that we had uh with Mombacho. A really interesting thing that I think is worth noting is that so this was a, a dinner party for like for it was for the media but it was mostly bloggers. There were a couple people yep. from the magazines there. Um and then at the end of the night, they handed out these after explaining what they are and then um, really announced them that night, I think. Yeah. Um, actually, I guess, the, I guess they had sent out a press release before that, probably. I'm not sure about the timeline. But the important thing is this was Monday night, which was pre-opening night. That was the night before the IPCPR even yep. started. And at the end of the week, there were still people, a lot of people saying this was the best cigar I smoked at the entire show, yep. which is saying a lot. Yeah, like I said, I think I think if um, if you're a full-bodied smoker and you don't typically smoke in the medium medium plus range, um, I think this might be lost on a lot of people's palates. Mm-hmm. 
um, because it, it, it it's one of those cigars, and I think, Dennis, you talked about it before when you are talking about the, uh, the Pappy Van Winkle traditional. It's one of those cigars where you need to sit down and you need to pay attention to it. You know, you can't just smoke it on a whim. You have to really pay attention to it because there is a myriad of nuanced flavors here, and it's intended to be ultra-complex. And for ultra complex, it, it kind of demands your attention for you know this the entire smoking period. And I think if you don't give it your full attention, a lot of that subtlety might be lost on you. And and you know it doesn't come with a small price point because, like I said, they've been sitting on it for five years, and that's you know got to make your money back somehow. I don't even know if they're making money, frankly. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's twenty one ninety five, but to to sit on it for five years in the cigar world is crazy. It's significant, absolutely. Yeah, uh, they're. I don't know if there are any, like, I was trying to think if there are any other cigars that are aged by the manufacturer that long, and I don't think there are. Um, I can't imagine. Not, not intentionally, anyways. Yeah, not intentionally. There there are some that accidentally have a bunch in a warehouse somewhere <laughs> that got lost. Um, but um, this is a project that's unlike anything anybody else has ever done. And yeah. the, end, the end product shows that. I mean, you really, it's next level for Mombacho, the flavor. And I, and I think for those who have had the opportunity to smoke it, I think they're going to be primed and ready for the release next year. Um, you know, I think, I think it'll be good because they'll be expecting the release and then they'll jump on it right away instead of taking a wait and see approach because, you know, it's already, it's already kind of proven itself and they'll have some faith in, in the vintage yeah. process. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and we're on to number nine. We're, we're, uh, we're into the top 10 here. I've, I should have mentioned that before we got to the Mbacho. Um, number nine is the Highclere Castle. Is that another which, Connecticut? It is. This is the, what? Um, yeah. How many Connecticut's are on this list trip? Here. This is crazy. Actually, actually, one more after this one. What? Um, this one, smoking at the show, I thought, wow, that's a really good Connecticut. Then I had, this was one of those cigars that he wasn't just handing out to anybody that walked by. No. Um so I only ended up with one after the fact and I smoked it a few months ago and it blew me away. This, it, it absolutely like you could tell me there was any other rapper on this and I would believe you. It's got so much complexity, so much body, so much intensity that I wouldn't have guessed that it was a Connecticut. Um, it would have, it would have been my last guess. I would have guessed like San Andreas before Connecticut. It's got that much flavor and body. Um, but while still being a really refined, elegant smoking, experience and, um, and here's an here's another manufacturer nick malilo from foundation zero yeah. company once again on top lists every year since he started up his company um just like steve Saka, and you know forever those two are gonna kind of be tied together unfortunately for good or for bad but it's it's remarkable to see nick producing cigars right out of the gate and now year after year after year getting in not only in the top 25, but now we're talking about top 10. Top 10 is, is a very special select group. And, you know, the, the High Clear Castle was, I mean, I think we said it at the show trip. I think we said, like, bar none, it's, it's probably one of the best Connecticut's I've ever smoked in my entire life. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and and I, I wish that I had more of them on hand. I've, I've actually, in the last <laughs> couple of days, I've ordered more. Um, so they're on the way. Uh, because RIP RIP to trips credit card. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also they're not cheap. They're, um, they're not crazy. They're, I think around 14, 15 bucks, which isn't insane, but you're getting into Padron land, which as we always talk about, if you're going to be charging that amount, it needs to be something that I can 
buy instead of a Padron. Yep. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's just Padron owns the $15 plus market. I mean, I think I think the comment out of the show was even Logan smoked this. Yeah, even Logan wrong. really liked even it. Even Logan. Which even is, Logan. hey, for a Connecticut, like, I don't think there's another Connecticut besides one that Logan made that no. he would that he likes as much as this one. No, I don't think so. Uh, and number eight, the cigar that I'm smoking, but I already took the band off. And John, I'm sorry. Yours, you'll have them next week. You can smoke one in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, the Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Such a pleasantly surprising cigar. I mean, just wow. Really awesome, awesome blend. Very exciting it's cigar. That, um, it's got that intensity, that strength, that power um, that is kind of become the norm these days, but it steps it up a little bit. As as John, you said, it's a, a Romacraft medium plus. Yeah. It, it's in that realm of almost crazy strong. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's balls strong. It's it's definitely. I mean, if if you're not prepared for the Bronco bust riding experience of this yeah. cigar, you really shouldn't light it up because it is it is no joke. Um, but if you've had a full meal, if you like cigars in that range, I mean, you absolutely need to run out and grab this cigar because, like, the moment I smoked it, the moment I got a half an inch in, I was I turned a trip and I'm like, this cigar is outrageously good, outrageously yeah. tasty. It's. It's really something special, especially in that really highly contentious, ultra full-bodied market. Um, I mean, everybody's got a cigar in that range, and I think this is one of the best that's ever been in that category. And, and I think it's a pretty big departure, actually, from from Robert's other offerings, too. I mean, he's yeah. got some strong cigars, like the Kudzu's. Some of the quick draws are, are pretty intense, but this is th- like this is so far removed in terms of strength level from those, like like it's it's not even close. Like it's so much stronger than really everything else on the market. Um, so he really kind of covers the entire range now with the with the yeah. Southern Draw, um, Rosa Sharon at the, at the sort of Connecticut end, and then you know you've got the Kudzu's and you've got the Quick Draws, and now you've got the Jacob's Ladder, and he's he's kind of got the entire palette range covered now in terms of intensity and strength. And I, I think it might be the strongest thing that AJ Fernandez has ever made, which is that's that's actually a really lot. good point. Yeah, that's a really yeah, good point. Because uh, he's AJ has been he's one of the like forefathers of ultra full bodied cigars. Yeah. Uh, in the early two thousands, when Don Papine and uh, Hoy de Nicaragua had the Antonio, he was making the diesels and stuff like that that were blowing people's socks off. And I think yeah. this is much stronger than any of that stuff. Yeah, it's almost like Robert went to uh, AJ and said, listen, I want you to blend me a cigar like we're getting a divorce and you're trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. that, that seems like a good way Pretty to close. think of it. Yeah. Um, and number seven, we're almost to the top five. The Havana, the Tatuaje Havana Cazadores Broadleaf. Um, so this is, of course, from that the insane Broadleaf collection, which um, I'm honestly surprised any consumers bought a $1,200 box of cigars. Um, but it is a hundred cigars. And for those who are unfamiliar, it is every single cigar from the classic brown label Tatuaje collection with a broadleaf wrapper. And I smoked, per, I've smoked every single one of them at one point or another. And the Havana Cazadores like just destroys the rest of them. Dennis, do you want to say a few words about it because i know you wrote the little blurb on the on yeah. the article about this one you know man i was so blown away by this cigar um outside of the fact that you know 
the, the burn on it was really great. And for me, smoking any cigar, I always think, okay, how is, what's the construction like? Is it burning well? Is it smoking well, right? Every, we all kind of think about that in the back end. Uh, but the flavor really was so pronounced and intense. It's so in rich. This, yes, exactly. I mean, it's like literally you have a cup of coffee and maybe you dropped in a little Sambuca in there and you're just sipping away at, at, at your espresso. That's pretty much what the cigar was for me. And I'm totally blown away by it. I, I really like that. That's a good way to put it. Um, so the, number six, we're, this is just outside the top five, which the top five is like a, a murderer's row. Um, number six <laughs> is the Black Label Trading Company, once again, with their Bishop's Blend. John, do you want to talk about this one? Because I know this one is near and dear to you. I mean, I could talk all day. Um, when I when I smoked the uh, 2017, which was way outside the release date, I was just like, man, did I miss the boat on this cigar? Because it was just... 2016. 20- was oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Is it 2018 already? What's going it on? Is. Where it am is I? Um, boy, that was a strong beer. The 2016 was just phenomenal. Uh, outrageously tasty and so i was committed that the moment the 2017 came out i was like okay you know it's a proven concept obviously i trust james's palate one of the few guys in the market where i'll buy stuff blind um Mm -hmm. so when the 2017 comes out i'm I'm absolutely buying a box and whatever of note with black label you have to buy blind you do um their limited releases go maybe faster than anybody else's limited releases i mean it's Uh like they're gone I think it was. I think it was literally under three hours on Cigar Federation um, because I didn't know where else to buy them online that I could trust that I'd get my order in in time. So I went to Cigar Federation, and I bought it from Cigar Federation, and it was under three hours, and it was sold out. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that before. That's that's crazy town. Um, fortunately, the cigar lives up to it. In fact, I think that I thought the 2017 was better than the 2016. I think to your, to your point. Tr- to your guys' point earlier, talking about uh, Dennis, I think you said, you know, it's nice that they just kind of do that continuous tweak year after year. And it, yeah. it was like the 2016, but it wasn't. You know, it was just, it was, an, an, I think an evolution would be the way I'd describe it. It's an evolution yeah. of that blend. And for me, this was probably personally the my number one or number two cigar of the year. Like, and, and, and I smoked it a while ago and I thought, well, this is, I don't know how anything's going to top this cigar because this is just outrageously incredible so i saw that uh, james is already uh teasing the pot because he's already posted some some pictures of the 2018 yep. i'm like do i need to fly down to nicaragua to get my my hands on these like how do i how, you know what are you doing so uh obviously when the 2018 comes out stay tuned because you know if you don't if you don't get in and get that order immediately you're not going to be able to get your hands on these and i guarantee you that i'm going to be one of the first ones to buy a box yeah they're incredible this year for them was incredible for those cigars Oh, and you got the ring. You got the ring. Doesn't doesn't um, come with the box. It'd be a sweet deal if it did. So now we're into the top five, and a couple people complain that our top five is a little uh, yeah. hard to get a hold of. It's not my but, problem. Yeah, exactly. We, the, we, we didn't pick the top five most approachable, most affordable cigars. That's that's not our criteria. The top five is the best five cigars, money aside. I don't care what country you're in, what state you're in. Too bad. That's your problem. That's not our problem. Suck it. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. I I'm not even going <laughs> to say anything after that. Number five is the Moistra de Saka Exclusivo from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Steve Saka, whatever you want to call Saka it. Steve Saka again. Look at that. Um, so with this one, so mo- first of all, Moistra de Saka is such an interesting project to me. He basically sets a challenge for himself with each one 
and then makes the cigar to meet that challenge. So with with the Moisture de Saka, which is the first release in the series of, I think he said on Facebook today that there's about 10 in the series that he's planned out. The Moisture de Saka Exclusivo is, he wanted to make a all Nicaraguan cigar that didn't have that Nicaraguan body, that didn't have that strength, that spice, and he completely nailed it with this one. I, As soon as I smoked this, the first one, I fell in love with it. And unfortunately, I smoked all the rest of mine. I think I might have one <laughs> left hiding that I like hid from myself so I wouldn't smoke it. Um, and so this is, uh, of course, made by uh, Hoy de Nicaragua, who makes most of his cigars. And it's an all-Nicaraguan that he wanted to be mild and creamy. Um, I think he missed the mild and the creamy a little bit. It's, a, it's, pretty, it's not as strong as most Nicaraguan cigars. Um, I would compare it to some of the uh, the lower priming kind of cigars that are all Nicaraguan, like Mombacho, uh, Tierra Volcan, where it's got that super complex, just a little bit of spice, a little bit of sweetness, kind of uh, touches on every part of your palate, and just it just works so well with cream, cinnamon, um, and just a, a just enough spice. Like it could have been spicier, um, but the spice was there and pronounced enough that. I, I wasn't left wanting more. Every single one of these cigars that I've smoked has been amazing. Have either of you guys smoked that one? I don't think you have. That, no, I haven't got that, my hands. That one's admittedly not easy to get a hold of. I mean, he did one release. He did announce today on Facebook, uh, for anybody listening, he announced today that he is planning on bringing back both of the 2017 releases nice. in 2018 if possible. Um, nice. They may come out early 2019, it sounds like. But they both are going to be in production again, which is really exciting for me because I'm almost out. So yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even get my hands on those. You know, you don't see me, uh, you don't hear me whinging about not getting my hands on this release. So, you know, I'll just have to live vicariously for all the people that have smoked and enjoyed this cigar. It, it doesn't surprise me though because Steve just continues to knock it out of the park. Uh, and then number four, which I think is another one that Surgeon hasn't smoked, unfortunately. Bastard. There's a couple that you haven't smoked in this list, but I mean the Boondock Saint from Blackworks. Same for me. That is yeah. It's, it's not like I like anything that's that, ever come uh, out of that factory. Yeah, it's not like I enjoy any of the releases that come out of Blackworks. I mean, you know, terrible, terrible cigars. Terrible. Um, Number four. The Boondock Saint was it, it's hands down the best thing that Blackworks Studio Black Label has ever made, in my opinion. Um, that's high praise. Exactly. It's those. I've never smoked a cigar out of that factory that I hated. Uh, and most cigars out of that factory I'm in love with. This one is, it just hits every point of my palate. It's got that spice. It's got that power that you expect from them. But it's also really got a refined flavor and uh, just layer and layer and layer of sweetness and spice. Uh, it's not just one spice like some cigars are. It's layers and layers of everything. And it's, I mean... That one is amazing. Um, I missed out on the release and I didn't buy any. And they're, <laughs> they're way gone now. Way gone. So, but next year, um, next year, that's one of the things I actually, I, I really, really like about Blackworks and Black Label is if you miss out this year, there's almost always going to be a chance next year. They've never released a cigar that was a one and done release. Everything has always been. It's kind of like KBS, man. Same idea. Yeah, exactly. Where it's, it's probably going to be better next year than it was this year because that's just how he rolls. Yep. But 
it's not the kind of thing that if you miss out on it, that's it's over for life. You're going to get another chance next year. Um, the production's hopefully going to be a little bigger, but uh, your chance isn't over. So that one, um, that one you can you'll definitely be able to get next year unless I buy them all first. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, until I smoked the number two and the number one, this was my number one cigar of the year. We sat down on Monday night. Logan weaseled a couple of these for us before the show even started, before that Mombacho party we were talking about before. Uh, we sat down at the at some random sidebar that wasn't even open at the Westgate, and we smoked the Elway Wednesday Maduro. Within 30 seconds, we were all in love. I mean, it was like uh, it was like when your family sits down to uh, to a big meal, and then like you you can hear a pin drop at the table because everyone is just is just so enjoying what they're eating that they can't take time to talk, they can't even make a sound, and that's what it was at the table. Nobody was saying a word in about thirty, like you said, thirty seconds went by, and I think it was just like, "God damn!" Yeah, it was what, like, "What is? Oh my this? god! Yeah, this is amazing." Um, I mean. Nick destroyed with this this blend. Uh, from yeah. what he says, he just slapped a San Andreas wrapper on the regular way Wednesday, and it he worked. lies. There's no way. But yeah. I, yeah, exactly. It's got <laughs> so much more complexity and yeah. uh, so much more strength than the regular way Wednesday. And I, I've smoked dozens of these since the show, and I yeah. absolutely love this blend. I smoked one. We smoked it last night on the on sharing our that, pairings. That was actually my my first one, and. Man, wow. it was such a sexy cigar. No, I'm no one. That's a good word for it during the show. No, it's like yeah. it's like it's like it's like a um, it's like a Ferrari of cigars. Like it's just it rolls up, and you're like, whoa, what is this? And yeah, and whatever conversation you were having, just yeah, poof, falls away. Just yeah, yeah, just it just fell apart. You don't remember any of it, and you're just focused on the cigar. Um, speaking of which, our number two, which Dennis, good luck ever getting one of these. <laughs> It's the Atabay Mysticos. Oh. Um, so the normal Atabay, I, I hadn't smoked until the show. And as I've said a couple times, we were interviewing Nelson from Atabay, or from, uh, what's their? Selected, Selected Tobaccos. Um, and then we had uh, Oliver there, kind of, not really translating, but kind of helping out, because Nelson doesn't speak a whole lot of English. He's not super Keep, fluent. Keeping him on point. Yeah, keeping him on point. And right before the interview, they gave us a couple of Atabay Robustos. And I don't even remember the interview. All I remember is thinking about the cigar. Dennis, is like it's like when you're in a conversation and a really, really pretty girl walks by and she's just dressed to the nines. And you could just see Trip just drift off. Yeah. And it was like <laughs> like 30 seconds went by. And then he realized, I have no idea what was just said of the last 30 seconds. We're going to have to start over because I was... I was not paying attention at all because the cigar just took him to a whole different place. Yeah, and and I didn't know that a cigar could be this good, like especially a Connecticut wrapper. Um, and they they don't disclose that it's Connecticut, but when if you look at it and you know Connecticut wrappers, it's very obviously a Connecticut shade wrapper. Um, you know, from an undetermined country, who knows where it's from? Probably Ecuador. But I mean. It's just got so much flavor. And then they they were gracious, like they they gifted us the cigars. They weren't review samples, they were gifts from Nelson um of the Atabay Mysticos, which is a limited edition version of the Atabay Toro, I guess I would call it. It's like yeah. a six by fifty two or fifty four, maybe. Uh they made one hundred humidors of them and that's it. There's 
there's a hundred boxes of these cigars and that's it. And he, he just gifted us one each and we smoked it for sharing our pairings and it blew our minds. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to talk about this cigar. Yeah. It's incredible. The only problem with it is that it's $38 and there's a finite number of them on the planet. Yeah. After, after smoking it, I would, uh, if I saw this on the shelf, I would buy this and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we're talking about the Padron experience, and there's a very select few cigars that I would describe as the perfect cigar experience, and this was one of those perfect cigar experiences. It was so good that it just can't be improved upon, and now it goes in the list of cigars that I've smoked that are, you know, I would personally consider, at least for my palate, perfect cigars, and this is one of them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's hard to put in words how good this cigar is. Um, if if you have an, a chance to buy one of these cigars, just buy it. Just don't even think about it. Just buy it. Yeah, it's you'll you'll thank us. Amazing. Later. Um, which brings us to our number one. Which again, I know John didn't smoke, but I had Son enough consensus to call this number one over the Atabay. Um, and actually, maybe I'll send you one of these. I think I can do that. Thanks, Trevi. Um, <laughs> Love you a long time. Um, which is the Moisture de Saga Nakatamale. So. I mean, how much money did Steve Saka send you guys to literally zero dollars? What? what? Zero dollars? Zero. Wow. He doesn't advertise with us. He's Does, doesn't even doesn't even give us samples actually most of the time. So yeah, most of the time. Yeah, yeah you, you can weasel them from him. You can weasel um, them, but a lot of times you you buy your own cigars. So I think in a lot of ways that that to me that makes the um that almost makes the review even even better because yeah. it's you know there's it's not it's not like he's slipping you a bunch of review samples to, to put them high on the list you know no not at all um i i bought a box of these sight unseen as soon as they hit the cigar federation store that's actually that just happens to be where i ordered them from turns out that um, was the right call yeah um so like i said before the moisture to Saka is a challenge that steve sets forth for himself and then tries to meet um before I talk about this one, I want to talk about the next one in the series, which has he's been teasing on Facebook, um, very, uh, very heavy-handedly. Like I feel like he, when he first teased it, he knew that he was going to sell some of these. He wasn't planning on keeping them all for himself, so he made one called the Unicorn. That is, he hasn't released the pricing on it yet, but I'm expecting it to be over a hundred dollars per cigar. Um, he basically wanted to make his own version of the five hundred dollar cigar, um, which I. I mean, again, he hasn't said the price point, but I'm thinking it clocks in somewhere around like 125. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go the under in that. I'm gonna say it's gonna be under 40 bucks. You think so? Yep. Maybe. Actually, that would be uh, very Steve Saka, like to tease it being a hundred dollar cigar and sell it for 50. I'm just saying, 40. you know, I think Steve's got a lot of secret Scott in him. You know, like he's he he likes to smoke expensive, but. He's a thrifty guy. He doesn't want to pay those expensive prices. I think he's going to find a way to keep that cigar under 40 bucks. Yeah, you're probably right. But uh, with the Nakatamale, so the Nakatamale, the name comes from a, uh, a food that they eat in Nicaragua. I'm not totally clear on what exactly it is. I think it's a sort of tamale that's got a bunch of stuff inside, rice and stuff like that. Um, but, but it doesn't cost a hundred bucks, though. No. <laughs> um, no, but I'm talking about the Nakatamale, which is only 16 bucks. <laughs> Um, so the Nakatamale, the challenge he set forth was to make a cigar where the filler binder and wrapper all come from the same vintage, same farm, which 
as we talked about with the Cosecha, they they did the same vintage. Um, not all of that tobacco was from the same farm necessarily. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but no. I, I would guess not. Um, it's very, very, very uncommon these days. But that's the way they used to make cigars. They used to have a factory that was close by, and they would just put all the cigars or all of the tobacco into fermentation, ferment it and everything, and then make cigars out of it. And so Steve went out to make a blend like that that was based all on tobacco from a single farm, from a single vintage. And this cigar is just incredible. Um, it's it's more in that Steve Saka style of intense and sweet and spicy and rich. Um, and for me, this has literally every single flavor note that I'm looking for. And it completely overpowers whatever I'm thinking about or doing. Uh, and it's the only thing I think about when I'm smoking it. It's it's incredible. Um, John, I'll send you one because because I love you. Thanks, Trivia. I love you too, buddy. Love you too. I mean, I think that kind of underscores some of the challenges with these limited releases, right? Is that if you if you wait for the review, um, sometimes it's too late because they're you know yeah. they they these these cigars are true limited. It's not um, you know Steve's not pulling some kind of marketing gimmick. There's a limited number of tobaccos that he can get his hands on. He can produce X number of cigars, and I'm sure he's going to hold back. Some for himself, but not of to course. be sold on the market. So once 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 they're gone, they're gone. So um, yeah, you and should, these, as far yeah. as I know, these are all gone. Um, Steve did say in the same post where he said that the uh, that he was going to do another production run of these. He said that there are actually still 250 boxes that are on their way. Um, so I mean, that's not a lot. They, in the original release, there was no. a thousand that sold out in a couple days. And a thousand um, boxes is nothing. Yeah, but there's 250 more boxes that are on their way, so you may get another chance to get these. Keep an eye out on your email for whatever your favorite store is, and hopefully they'll get some. And, I mean, that brings us to the end. That's that's our list, um, which, I mean, going back through it, I feel really confident about this list. I think we uh, we picked some real winners here. Ugh. I, I, th- mean, I think people could argue about where a cigar lands on the on the list in terms of ranking, but I don't think that yeah. anyone could look at this list other than other than one cigar which uh, people haven't smoked. Um, I don't think anyone can look at this list and say that's a bad cigar. Or that's even a mediocre cigar. Um, you know, everyone. I think. Well, to go back to Reddit for a second, you know, like everyone who looked at this list said, "Yeah, you're right." I mean, all of those that's a pretty cigars. Good list, are, yeah they're great cigars and i feel like these guys really appreciate great cigars and it's like well that's you know that's why they're on the list um you know some of the cigars cost 38 bucks some of the cigars cost seven bucks um we don't really factor that in or we didn't factor that into our to our list i'm sure from a buying perspective we probably would but from a taste perspective you know they're ranked from from most tasty to not most tasty and that's how that's how that's how it worked out in the end yeah exactly um yeah, I don't have much more to say. I'm happy with our list. I feel like, um, I mean, this could be my shopping list for the next two years of smoking cigars. Oh, yeah. um, I could just smoke cigars from this list and be happy. It is going to be my shopping list when I go down to Vegas next week. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, th- thank you guys for joining me to talk about our top 25. Uh, any closing comments from you, Dennis? Surgeon kind of already got his in. Man, I'm feeling pumped about the list, too. It's uh, there's so much stuff that's really affordable. Not you know, obviously there's some some unicorns that are really hard to find. Maybe some stuff that's a little bit outside of most people's price ranges. But there are a lot of really good accessible cigars on there. And I think the list is so widespread where anyone's palate can find something that they really enjoy. 
and that's kind of the the whole point. There are great cigars in every range. Yeah, um, yeah, that's actually a good point. I I wonder if maybe next year we should do like a top ten under five dollars or under eight dollars or something like that, just for people who uh, you know want to be a little more thrifty. Maybe don't have the same kind of budget for our our top five, just to uh, change it up a little bit. But thanks everybody for watching. Uh, thanks everybody, of course, on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We appreciate you guys out there doing things we're not built to do. Um, and we'll be back next week with a special guest, David Blanco from Blanco Cigars. Uh, so definitely tune in for that because he, um, you may not know who he is, but you you probably have smoked one of his cigars. He makes a lot of really good cigars and he does a lot of blending for other people, which I'm sure we'll talk about on the show. Nice. Have a great week.